0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Tuesday night. It's a crappy Tuesday night. It's been a crappy kind of fucking week. I'm not going to lie. And hopefully tonight is going to make it so much better. And when I say crappy- No pressure
1: to our guests. <laughs> no, but when I say crappy,
0: there's just been so a whole bunch of shit that just kind of flew out of nowhere it's with this whole COVID us. stuff yeah. and going back to school and- and, and already classrooms are shutting down all over the places because people are are either positive or been around people that are positive, and blah blah blah, and QR codes and passports and all this other bullshit that comes into play. But I'm pretty sure at some point I'm going to go a rant on that. <laughs> that wasn't my rant, by the way, but at some point I will. And I'm it's a very coming. reasonable guy. I'm a very reasonable guy, and I want to talk about some of these things in a very reasonable way.
1: All right. Well, hey everyone, it's Amanda, and yes, it has been a rough week, but we're very happy to. I, I say it's been a rough week and it's only Tuesday but i mean this this started This started a week ago. Um, We are speaking to Jeanette this evening, all the way from Colorado. And Jeanette is a licensed massage therapist and a brand strategist, which just sounds cool. And we came to know of her because of the massage conference coming up. Or, I mean, I guess I knew of her prior to that. But we came to know of her because of the massage conference. And um, I guess her and Mark connected via social media. and both of them, you know, are very business-minded people. They like talking marketing and strategies and business. And I'll talk uh,
0: anything massage therapy. Yeah. I saw someone in, one, in, in an Ontario Facebook group. She's like, uh, I'm new to this field. Is there anyone here that's open to be like an ongoing mentor? And I think, I, I think it's so funny to see some people's responses because some people like just so, like they're so serious. Like, oh, well, I've been in RMT for like 20 years. I'm happy to help you out. Well, I've been in RMT for 17 years. You can come check out. Here's my website. And everyone's just promoting themselves so hard. You want to hear my comment? Ready? I like rapping about RMT stuff. <laughs> if you want reach out to me at any time if you want. Cheers. Like that's all it takes. You and know? you know what?
1: And that will appeal to some people. And some people will be like, this guy's a clown. Good. So it's perfect. Let them
0: think I'm a fucking clown. And I, that is I like that.
1: Lesson number one, Jeanette will teach you about, you know, be authentic and you'll attract the people that wanna work with you. So if you're somebody like that likes rapping about RMT stuff with uh, a guy who gives bullhorns Listen, in every photo, marks your guy. I, f-
0: I feel like the bottom line here. Is stuffiness is out the window. I feel like stuffiness has been out the window for a long time. Let's loosen up the fucking tie, will you? Take off your jacket, lose the suspenders, and let's just be fucking real. Let's just be fucking real.
1: I like suspenders. My grandfather always wore. You know suspenders. what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyway, without further ado, let's introduce our guest. So Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And thank you for adjusting your time a couple of times, because as Mark said, we've had a bit of a rough go this week with things going on. And so we've had to make many, many schedule adjustments. So we appreciate it. And we're happy to be talking to you tonight. So why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit for anybody listening who doesn't know who you are?
2: Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. This is exciting.
1: I'm excited, you tell? Well,
2: I've been a massage therapist now for 20 years. Um, and I started, I was based out of North Charleston, South Carolina. My husband and I had gotten married from in Colorado and our very first duty station was Charleston. Uh, so in Charleston, I um, studied there and then a couple of my instructors were European, uh, which was a great thing because they were able to kind of tell me how things would go when we moved to uh, Germany. So my very first start was in Germany. And I will tell you when I was in school, I was told, Oh, well, when you graduate, uh, you know, the massage therapists are going to help you. That was not the case. <laughs> so I moved to Germany thinking, okay, I'm going to open my business. I opened out of my home and, uh, I was like, yeah, I can't wait and try to introduce myself to the massage therapist. And they were just nasty to me, you know, oh. and it wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't cool. You know, I was trying to be nice, but, you know, I also have a mouth, so I, I didn't let the bullying happen, but it definitely, um, you know, it was a, a a shock, you know, so I had to learn to build my own business on my own. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I um, had a lot of success. So I started out of my home and, you know, I learned one of the things that I learned prior to becoming a massage therapist, I was actually a paralegal. So I learned to reach out to the right people. Um, Who do I talk to? Who, you know, what kind of questions should I ask? And then unfortunately in Germany, we had, you know, there was prostitution was legal. Um, So I never, I never had those type of issues until I moved to the United States to where I got my very first sex call. And I was like, what the hell? You got your very first what? My first sex call.
1: Sex call. Okay. The things that went through my mind. I was like, what did she say?
2: (laughs) So, um, but while in Germany, um, I worked. Out of my home, I also worked out on the economy, and then I started working um, and volunteering at the um, Lansdale Regional Medical Center, which is the largest overseas hospital in the world. uh, Where technically I hired myself. I wanted to uh, work with oncology, and I also wanted to work with wounded veterans, and I did that. Um, What's interesting is is that you know I worked in oncology, and they would say, "Well, we don't really need you." I was like, "What do you do?" So I'd show up every day, and uh, then when I stopped showing up, they'd go. Are you coming in today?
1: I was like, I don't work there. Okay, wait. I'm going to pause you. I need to pause. Because there's like like four different things that I wanted to talk about. And I'm going
0: first. You can go first. I want your opinion. Should prostitution be legal or not? Now that you've lived in a country where prostitution was legal, and now you're in a country, you're back in a country where it's not legal. What are your thoughts on legalizing sex work?
2: I think, I mean, I'm not doing it it's not my business. <laughs> you know, if, if they, if that's what they want to do, I think if it's zoned and that's what they're doing, then let them do it, you know, but it definitely, it, it separates us from what they're doing. Uh, and I think that's why it was so easier. It was so much easier for me in Charleston and uh, Germany is because people knew I'm a massage therapist not a
1: prostitute not a prostitute yeah okay so
0: it's also legal in like for example we're in Toronto Toronto has licensed body rub parlors like where it is legal to go be naked in a room with an attendant I'll say an attendant versus versus someone that does massage or a masseuse I'll call them an attendant because that's how they refer to each other in the industry it's okay to be naked in the room with the attendant the attendant could be naked everybody could be touching anyone in any way shape or form um uh, penetration is is not legal legal, right? So the, the, any kind of sex is not legal. But, you know, there's already been court cases in, in Newmarket, Ontario, where a judge ruled where some dude got jerked off at, at, at an erotic massage parlor. Like, that's not considered sex. And then once that kind of goes on the, the law books, then it sets a precedent. But in Toronto, for example, massage therapists still get solicited like crazy. and that's and, and that's even saying that there are legal body rub parlors. And most people don't recognize that they're actually legal.
1: That's what I was going to say. That's probably part of the- the reason is because people don't think that but,
0: that is legal. But then there's a whole bunch of other places that do it illegally too. Right. So there's very legal places I can go get my dick touched if I wanted to. There's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's other readily known places that operate dick touching illegally, but it's, it's easily known. But yet RMTs still get fucking solicited like crazy, at least here.
1: That's yeah. interesting. That It is true that um, solicitation happens a lot here. I was initially thinking, you know, when Mark was speaking that maybe it is because of the fact that not a lot of people know that the legal places exist. But then, like he said, the Illegal places exist and they're well known. It's no secret. Like you can walk down any street when you see the neon lines that say neon signs, not lines, the neon signs that say massage, you know, you're not going to like a registered therapist. But yeah, we still do get a lot of solicitation. I find
0: that super interesting that you're in Germany and prostitution is legal. And that is kind of the reason why you're you're thinking, at least I'm assuming that that's the reason why you're like, hey, I didn't get solicited. and As soon as I come to back to America. It's like, now I'm getting these calls, like touch my wiener.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I was so mad when he called that I actually harassed him for like two days until he asked me to stop calling. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, okay,
0: now, yeah are... right, wait, wait, wait. Let's play this back. Wait, 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 let's hear this. I need to hear this interaction. It was a telephone call to you asking for some sort of sexual service.
2: I was running my business with my phone, my cell phone. So It was a phone call and his phone number popped up because he's an idiot and didn't um, block (laughs) the You know, he started asking questions and, you know, I always filter through people. Even though in Germany, I never had those issues, I still am very careful, you know. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner and I'm a professional, you know. And I love the massage industry and this is not something that I play and like, oh yeah, you make little jokes about. I'm very serious about my industry. So when he called and he started like, going into those directions and asking, Oh, is it exclusive? And he was just being very just strange. And I, you know, finally just said, I was like, are you looking for a prostitute? I was like, I'm not a prostitute. He was like, well, you know, aren't you all the same? When he said that, that Mm. pissed me off. So I started going off. So he hung up on me. So I called him again. He hung up again. I called him again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then I let it wait. And then I called him again at night. And I was just because I had something more to say. And he hung up again. (laughs) He goes, I'm sorry. And I was like, that's what you should have said in the first place is an apology. I was like, you don't treat people that way. And he'd, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Can you please stop calling? You know, now I wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know if I wouldn't do that. Well, they
1: they aren't you all the same. Like getting solicited is one thing, but when you very clearly like flat out say, I am not a prostitute. I am a licensed therapist, and then it's right. well, aren't you all the same? Yeah, I could see why right. you'd be upset, but yeah, when you said you have a mouth on you, I'm starting to see that now. I'm starting to understand. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: oh yeah, I'm a feisty Latina. I will make you cry.
1: Mark can uh, Mark can appreciate that for sure. Like I've gotten some. It's very bizarre to me because, like, I also operate my business uh, with my cell phone. Right, I work on my own. I. I use my cell phone. Even though it's my cell phone, when you see a phone number on the internet, why would you assume it's a cell phone, right? Like, so I have people who decide that their first contact with me is gonna be a text message. I always find that bizarre. I would never find a business online and send a text message. I would always phone call or email first. That's, that's just me. I find it very bizarre when somebody texts me. So I'll get text messages at like, you know, 10, 11pm that aren't not even like introducing themselves or whatever, just saying like, hi, can I come for a massage? And I immediately know where it's going when you're texting me at 10 or 11 PM saying, hi, can I come for a massage? I am always very diplomatic and e- either I don't answer when it's that late or I'll pretty much say as you did, like, I'm not what you're looking for. Right. If Mark is home when that comes through, <laughs> he's like, oh, let's have some fun. I'm like, but, no, okay, so, fuck but, him.
0: <laughs> but that's a, see, that's a text message. If I don't know if you remember this, our second Unprofessional hour Maybe it was the first Unprofessional hour I can't remember which one it was We distorted her voice She was yes, anonymous I remember It was our second we, one It was our second one We distorted yeah. her voice And she was even more Creeped out Because she received A message from a dude On WhatsApp Yeah, In other words it's not like you can just send a WhatsApp message to any phone. You you have to save it into your phone, don't you? Yeah. And then it shows up in, into your contacts. Like your you, have contact, to, you have to put yeah. it into your contacts. So this guy found her number off of her therapy website, put it into his phone to save it, and then I guess realized, hey, this is also a cell phone. It's a WhatsApp. And he, he messages her on WhatsApp.
1: So bizarre.
0: All this just to get your dick touched. <laughs> it's so easy to find someone to touch your dick if you really wanted to. I don't understand how hard this is. I don't know
1: how to segue into what my other question for Jeanette (laughs) was.
0: I apologize. I apologize.
1: I I got it. I got it. So uh, when you were originally talking about how you got started and you said when you came out of school, you expected that other massage therapists would help you and that wasn't the case. I have a question for you and Mark because you've both been in the industry much longer than I have. Is that a sign of the times? Like, is that just like... You know, 20 years ago, everybody viewed each other as competition. And now it seems like we're all maybe banding banding together a little bit more. We don't look at each other as competition. Like, there's tons of mentors and coaches and, you know, all of these people who are saying, I just want to help you not make the same mistakes I did. Were we just a little more competitive 20 years ago? Uh, I'll let Janine go first and I'll, I'll put my piece on that.
2: I think that there's enough people for everybody. So I've never really had that. I think it's a confidence issue. Um, and it could be, it could have just varied from the people where I was around versus, you know, people in other states and you know, countries. So it varies, but I definitely feel like there is a, there, there was a lack of value and a very competitive spirit and that was something that i never wanted to be a part of i didn't get into the industry so i can compete and beat someone out you know i got into this industry because i wanted to help
0: a couple things a couple things one it's an it's an old school mentality on how to run it your it is business. an old school mentality so yeah it is an old school mentality on how to run your business however The new school mentality and how you run your business typically lives on these types of social platforms, whether it's a professional social platform like LinkedIn Mm -hmm. or a less professional social platform like Facebook with the groups and everything else. So I think a lot of that community comes or is spawned in those types of environments. But there's not a billion people in this industry that live in those environments. So we talk about this quite often when we're not on the microphone, but I might as well do it right now. We talk about how RMT. In the RMT community, whether it's in the United States or in Canada, I'll talk about it in Canada. There are certain groups of people that are very loud in what they say, and they're very in their face in how they say it. Whether it is the the energy reiki people, which was one section, or the the evidence informed people on this section here, or these hardcore pain science people, you don't know shit unless you know pain science, right? It's all over the map, but there's all these groups, and they seem very very loud in this in this in this small social circle which is Facebook I mean when I look at a group I'm like that's nothing the amount of registered massage therapists in Ontario alone is 15,000 do yeah. you know what I mean or like an Ontario Facebook group that has 3,000 people in it right like this is this or 6,000 even like that's yeah this like is, you're a
1: fraction this of is the
0: nothing population. And, and, yeah. and it's actually I was talking about this with someone the other day especially about education was it you that I was talking to, Amanda, about this? Eric Dalton? Probably. You talk all the time. Where I dropped the name Eric Dalton. So I said, hey, oh, no, you were talking to me about this. Anyway, we were talking to something about Eric Dalton and his courses and what he does. Maybe it was Connor. I don't remember. (laughs) We were talking about Eric Dalton. And then it just hit me. I'm like, if I mention the name Eric Dalton to a whole bunch of RMTs in Ontario. You said that
1: to me. And there's going to be a massive people, yeah. amount of
0: people that will just stare at me and go, who? Who is that? Should I know who he is? The only people that in Ontario that know who he is are people that live in these social platforms where they always see his content and they take his courses and that's how they know him and it spreads like right.
1: that. Right. We know him because we're online. Because we're yeah. online and we
0: are in education, right? So I think that is part of it as well, where this type of community, this helping community lives and where it breeds and it spawned from, are these social types of platforms. And if you're not on them, then you don't think or you're not exposed to thinking about you know, your other RMT or your other massage therapist is not competition, but we're all in this together. There's plenty of patients or clients for everybody. You have your niche. I got my niche. It's not in competition with each other by any stretch of the imagination. I think if you don't constantly see that stuff, you, you think the other way. And and then everything is competition and I want to blow that person out of the water and I want to make sure that, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm making shit up. I'm going to go back to smoking.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, we'll let Jeanette finish her introduction. So you were at the point before we interrupted you where you were um, working with oncology patients, but not actually working there, but they realized they needed you, didn't they?
2: Right. So I started working in the um, oncology department and then I also started working with the warriors that were coming back from uh, Afghanistan. I'm Annie that. and we. Um, I just, I just love this work, so I started helping out at the Fisher House, doing massages there. And also, I had a clinic out of my own home. And what's interesting is, is that years later, I ended up um, adopting. So we have two biological children, and we adopted two. And uh, one of our children that we adopted ended up having cancer. So all of the areas that I helped. Ended up helping me, oh, wow. right? So it's like it, it, it when you do it from your heart, right? You, you, everybody has a, a goal, a, a journey, right? So um, it was interesting because I got to be go from being the one, the provider, to being on the other other side of that, and it's very different when you have a child that has cancer mm-hmm. um, and you feel completely out of control. So I was able to. Um, we moved back to the United States and uh, we just recently adopted these children. And then um, we first it was I mean, if my whole story comes up, it was a whole thing, an international situation where we had to have our kids rescued out of Liberia. Um, but I actually pay for the adoption through massage, um, because in Germany, one of the things that they don't allow you to do and one of the things that the military doesn't allow you to do is you can't fundraise for personal gain. Mm-hmm. Now our situation was um, our son had intussusception. Well, we didn't know that at the time. He had a uh, infective endocarditis, so his heart was swelling. Um, so we needed to get him out of Liberia. Well, when we were told we need to raise thirty thousand dollars in six months, we didn't have credit. Like you know what I mean? Like we didn't have all this money. We were my husband was you know military enlisted. Like it was he wasn't an officer or anything like that. So. Um, we did everything to raise money, so we did uh I did salsa dance uh classes um I worked did massages from morning until night and we we lived in in an apartment right so people would come and knock on the door and be like, "Hey, you know, can we get in for a massage and um but I did that, and we were able to raise that money in six months. You did
1: that. Like while taking care of the kid, you had the kids and you were yeah. doing massages from home and you're doing these salsa, like you're doing, like I, I this, literally have no words. This
0: interests me in so many ways. And I'm interested in it not just because of everything that you've done and everything you had to do to make your family what it is. I'm interested in it from another completely different way where I've never, ever in my life recall a moment where i had to work to save to get something it's just a weird i just it hit me right now i think like I'm 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 having flashbacks of all the shit that I ever wanted. I've had money for, but I've had I have money because I work a lot, right? So I always had money. I don't really spend it on too many. But things, there so- was
1: never like a exactly. I need there money was, for there this. There was never yeah. I need
0: money for this, so I gotta put on the fucking wheels right now and get to it. And then every bit of coin I make, I put it over here because I can't touch it. Like I've never been in that scenario. I've always done well for myself, and I've always had money because I've always worked, and I've never really spent a hell of a lot of money on a whole bunch of things. So I. I've never, it's, it, I'm I'm blown away by this in two different ways.
1: So in six months, you, through massage therapy, you managed to raise $30,000 to save your children.
2: And we actually had, a, now we had, it was three months in. So really, it was three months in when we were told that our son was dying. So we really had to make the rest of that money to to pay. And how do you, how do you
1: work like all of these hours when like, you're being emotionally and mentally like tortured.
0: Yeah. I think you just go into pshh, you it's go into hi- you go into hyper-focus yeah. mode. You must. Because if you if you don't the complete opposite is going to happen, right? Yeah. Then you're just going to be I, I can only imagine in my imagination be a puddle probably on the floor. It was
2: either save him or let him die. And I was not going to let him die. So um, we had them rescued the, but then the thing was is that um, Germany would not let them into the country because they needed a Schengen visa. Well, because he was sick and coming from Africa, they refused to give him a Schengen visa. So we were called on February 13th um, and told, okay, you need to get on the flight tomorrow. Uh, You're going to meet your kids at Walter Reed Medical Center in uh, Washington, D.C. So luckily my sister was staying with us because she knew what was um, going on. So she was helping me with my other two children that I had. And uh, my husband and I jumped on a plane and we went to Washington, D.C. Well, when we got there, um, that was a whole nother story. So that's, that's a whole long, long thing, but we, um, we were able to get our kids. And then a couple of months after that, then my son was diagnosed with stage three, non Hodgkin's lymphoma for kids. Um, so we were in this hospital and I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep from crying. Cause I'm like, I cannot believe I'm here. Like, how is it that now after everything that I've done after everything that I've worked so hard to do, how am, how is this happening? You help other people. How is this happening now? You know. So, um, sorry. So, um, I had to feel like I was in control because all I can do is just watch him there and get have this treatment done. And I just, you know, I I wasn't bonded with him because um, that's a whole nother situation. But um, I started doing massage, and then not only did I start doing massage with him. I asked the nurse if it was okay for me to talk to the other parents. So I would go into the different rooms and I was like, Hey, uh, my son's asleep. I'm a massage therapist. Can I show you some ways to help you feel like you have some type of control and help you to calm yourself, but also help your child calm. Um, I did this while I was in Germany and I explained the whole thing. Um, and I was like, you know, the side effects are less. And so, yeah, so that's what I did. I went and I helped all the parents and the parents, you know, work with their kids. And they, it it was like a... Even though I was working, I wasn't working. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this is this is what I do. This is what I'm good at, you know? Um, and I had to because I was gonna, I I felt like I was it, the bad thing was is that all of those nurses were super nice. So I I didn't have anyone to take my anger out on because mm-hmm. I was angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, please let one of these bitches say something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I couldn't because they were so kind. Um so anyway, so we went through that and, and you know, um, we he finally, he was, uh, we were told that he was finally cancer-free and the day that he was cancer-free, um, I opened a clinic. Now, my husband was at work and he came home and he was like, hey, so what'd you do today? And I was like, oh, I opened a clinic. He goes, oh, here at the house? And I said, no, I have an office." Jeanette,
1: I can't, I can't keep up with you. <laughs> the day he find out your son is cancer-free your husband goes off to work, you know, it's a happy day, family, you know, family's feeling good. And you decide, all right, well, next, I'm going to open a clinic today. This is insane. Yeah, like I was not expecting, I I wasn't, I didn't have enough wine prepped for this conversation tonight.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. So is the busyness, is the need for the busyness a distraction? So or like a coping mechanism type of thing? Because like, even, f- even, even from I'm, I'm in the hospital and my, m- my child is sleeping, I'm going to go and help other people. Is that also part of the keep busy so to ease yourself, to take your mind off things a
2: little bit? I think so. But I also think that I've always felt like my job was to help people in any way that I can. Well, and
1: now you also know what it feels like to be those parents, right? So, I mean, I can I can imagine that, like, you just wanna, like, this is helping me, this is helping my son, let me see if I can help other people, because I mean, and then it's gonna make you feel a little bit better, and like you said, at this moment, you have no control over anything. This was like, right. you're one little ounce of control, and by the sounds of it, you're not somebody that likes to give up too much control, are you?
2: Not at all, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That's why side-side dancing is good because side-side dancing, you know, my husband can be the lead. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> wow. So you, your husband comes home from work and you tell him you opened a clinic. What's his reaction?
2: He's kind of like, oh, okay. He's like here at the house. And I was like, no, I opened it. I have an office. He's like, you do? I was like, yeah. So you want to go see it? So he's like, sure. So we go to the office and um, he's kind of looking around and he, I know he, he was kind of like, um, how are we going to pay for this? And I told him, I was like, don't worry about it. I was like, I will never need anything. And he's one of those people who always wants to help, right? But I'm I'm the type of person that I'm like, I I got my success because of my success. I don't need anything from anybody. And I'm the, also the type of woman that believes that I, as a woman, I need to be able to take care of me and my children with or without a man. So um, I, I know a lot of people were like, oh, well, it's because her husband was helping her. No, no, no. I, I worked. I did this. You know, um, and luckily, you know, I have his support, but I still like, I've, I've handled all of my stuff. So, um, by the second week, I had a full clientele. I had 20 clients a week. Um, cause I advertised, I actually advertised on Craigslist. That's
0: terrifying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I under- Now I understand where the creeps come from.
2: In my ad on Craigslist, I put, I am not a prostitute. If that's what you want, do not call me. And because I put that, People started calling, and they were like, "Hey, I like that you said that because we didn't have to guess." You know, <laughs> um, I think that that was kind of my brand. People were like, "Wow, she's she says what she thinks and thinks what she says," and you know. Um, and then I started getting referrals. Those people were coming in, and they were referring their friends or their husbands or spouses or you know, kids. And um, so I I really grew it. And um, at the time, while I was doing this, so the two kids that I had just um, adopted. So one kid was eight and the other was six. One was uh, 28 pounds and the other one was 32 pounds. Um, so we were working on, you know, getting them to gain weight and, you know, trying to, you know, take care of that. But my daughter, we were told by the adoption agency that she could read or that she had been in school. Well, she didn't know how to read or write. She didn't know her alphabet. She could sing her alphabets, but she couldn't tell you what they were. So I put her in a program called Learning RX. Now Learning RX, um, it was a brain training program. So while my kids were in school, I would work, then I'd go pick them up in the middle of the day, I'd drive them all the way to the other side of town to this Learning RX program. Um and then after that, I would drive them back to the school, I would go back to work, and then I would leave work, go back to the school, pick them up, make dinner, do everything, you know, be a mom. And um that's that's what we did for several months. Um and now like my daughter is a CNA, like it's just it's amazing to see you know, what, what has happened, but long story short. So we, we go through all of that. Um, and then, um, my, let's see, where did I leave off? I left off at.
1: You've, you've are advertising on Craigslist and you're busy. You're you've got 20 people a week.
2: Yeah, So then I decided, Oh, because we're busy, I should hire a staff. Okay. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was, I'm a good mom. I'm a good worker, but I was not a good boss cuz I didn't know. I'm one of those people that I think that I take people for face value, you know? And I I hired fast and fired slow.
1: I under I've never understood something more than that. Like I take people at face value. I'm so guilty of that. That is me. Like I constantly say on different episodes that we do like I can be so naive, but it's not necessarily naive. It's just I have Probably way too much faith in people, like way too much. I see way too much good in people,
2: and you think that because you give your care, your business so much love and care that they're going to do the same. And a lot don't. Some people just want to check. Yeah, you know. So, so I had to learn. I had to learn to be a, a, a better boss. You know, um I, we did. We ended up a couple of years later. We ended up doing a um, a Groupon. So we ended up doing a Groupon, and we sold five hundred and forty eight uh, certificates. And from that 548, we were able to keep about 500 and maybe 20 that we were able to keep. So we kept that for years. So I didn't have to do Groupon ever again. Um, but, and it was, good. it was hard. We had some crazies come in. Um, <laughs> and we had, you know, we had some people who were just you know, looking for a discount. And that's okay because that's, that's how I branded myself, right? I was trying to get people in the door. So I had to learn a lot about value. Um, and I had to learn a, l- a lot about um, understanding your cost of doing business. Those are things I didn't know. So, and you know, when the IRS calls you and they're like, "Hey," um, <laughs> you get that nice little letter from the IRS, and you're like, "You're going to be audited." It's like, "Wait, what? What? What do you mean?" Um, so we went through that. You know, got audited. Everything turned out fine. Um, but you learn, you know. And then I got an accountant, and then I. You know, I started getting all of the right people on board. You know, on state side. So you were making all the
1: mistakes and then figuring out how they could have been avoided in the first place. Exactly, and
2: some mistakes I made twice because <laughs> I needed to learn. You know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we it was it was interesting. It was hard. Um, but got through it. There were a lot of times where I would cry and never in front of people. Cause I'm a boss, but you know, there were a lot of times that I would, you know, I was just like, what the hell did I do? What, why is this happening? You know, um, because I, I based it off of, well, I'm a good person, right? Well, a good person and a business owner, you can be a good person and a good business owner. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't see that because I was very, um, I never did this for the money. I did it because I wanted to help people, right? So I just did whatever I wanted to do just to help people, which is why I did the Groupon and, you know, all of that. Because I was like, okay, I'll get them in the door. It's not so expensive. You know, they'll be able to afford it. Then I can sell them these little packages. The packages were like $35 for a one-hour therapeutic, right? So it wasn't a lot. Um, But when you realize and you look at the numbers and you're going, So I technically paid them to give a massage. What? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even make sense. So then uh, I had a chiropractor call me because I was working on all of these clients. And one of the clients um, was seeing this chiropractor. And uh, he said, hey, um, our massage therapist is going on maternity leave and we need someone who's bilingual. Would you mind helping? So I had to close hours down from my clinic so I can go and help him. Um, so I went and started helping him and then he started booking me, um, eight clients a day. Now, don't forget, I still have my kids. I still have my business and now I'm helping him at eight clients a day, three days a week. And finally I told him, I was like, Hey, I can't keep doing this. I need to go back to my office. And, you know, he was like, well, you know, okay. So I go back to my office and I get a phone call and the phone call was, um, and a and she calls and she says, hey, um, I'm calling to see if we can negotiate your rate. And I was like, negotiate my, what are you talking about? Negotiate my rates. Because remember, I told you I was doing the massages for $35 Yeah,
1: an you're hour. already undercharging. Right. What do you want to negotiate?
2: Right. So I'm starting to talk to the lady and I was like, ma'am, I was like, I can't. I was like, you know, my son just recovered from cancer. I was like, I have four kids and I can't, I don't know. I was like, I, I'm only charging $35 an hour. And she said, An hour? And I said, yeah, she goes, not a unit. I said, what the hell is a unit? <laughs> she <laughs> said, well, she goes, well, um, she's like, I shouldn't be doing this because my job is to get you to bring your prices down. She goes, but you need to call around. And she gave me the code. She was like, you know, and find out what people are charging. Well, the only person that I knew, cause I didn't have any friends here. I was always working. Um, the only person I knew was this chiropractor. So I called him and I asked him, um, Hey, how much are you charging for this code? And he got quiet. Now he was paying me. At my office, I was doing 35. At his office, I was getting 15 an hour.
1: Oh. Okay. You really are a good person, Jeanette.
2: (laughs) Well, he, you know, I was trying to help him. So he uh he got really quiet. And I was like, listen, I was like at that point I knew something was wrong. And I said, I'm not gonna get upset. I just need you to tell me because this is what they're trying to do, and you know my situation. I cannot afford to bring my prices down. When this man told me he was charging $300 an hour and giving me $15, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't breathe. I was so infuriated. I was like, but I told him I wasn't going to get mad. Right. So what I did was I said, okay, so this is what's going to happen. I need you to teach me how to insurance bill. I said, if you ever need a massage therapist, I will train your staff as like not at $35 or $15, um, an hour, but I will train your staff or I will staff your, your clinic for you. So, um, so yeah, so that's where I became a strategic partner. Um, and he taught me how to insurance bill. He taught me how to handle rebuttals. Um, and I, the next day, well, that's not true. Probably about two weeks later, um, I raised my prices. So I went from $35 an hour to 216. Now I'm going to tell you that was the hardest decision I had to make in my business. Um, And it was hard because I had a block with money and I always felt like, you know, with, so I grew up Christian and I, with my faith, I always felt like I had to give, give, you give, you give, you give. And it's so hard to receive right? For me, at least, I don't know how everybody else feels. But for me, it was very hard to receive. So that's why I always give because I'm like, you know what, if I see that you need more than me, I'm going to help you. So deciding to raise my prices was a very, very difficult decision. um, But it saved my business. Well,
1: and raising your prices like a huge amount, we're not talking like, you know, the $10 a year that I might do, you went from 35 to over 200. That's That's a huge amount.
2: What I'll tell you is, is that that's what everybody else was charging. I didn't know it though. You don't know what you don't know till you know it. Right. So um, I learned how to insurance bill. And then I I went to the World Massage Festival and that's where I met Vivian Mahoney for the first time. And um, I actually met her there because I actually started a nonprofit organization. Um, At the time it was called Structure for Wounded Warriors. And the reason I started that was because um, my father's a Vietnam veteran. My husband at the time was active duty uh, Air Force. I was always volunteering for wounded veterans because that's where my heart's at is on healing. Um, and then my sister became a widow six months after she got married because a VA hospital misdiagnosed her husband. So I was actually in the room when he coded. Um, so, anyways, I started this nonprofit and I went to the world massage festival with the intention of recruiting massage therapists to be able to help me, um, help our warriors. So, um, during one of the breaks, I had a little booth there. And during one of the breaks, I met Vivian Mahoney and she gifted me an insurance, uh, book, an insurance uh, billing book. Um, and I was like, wow, that that's awesome. You know, and then, uh, I met James Woslaski there and he was funny, you know, cause he had a huge class, right? So I had, I was like, I have to meet this man. And one of the reasons I wanted to meet him, cause I didn't really know about him until this workshop, um, was because when my brother-in-law died, he was actually misdiagnosed with gout cause he had pain in his feet. So they put him on gout medica- medication and he went acidosis and passed away. When they did his autopsy, he never had gout he didn't have anything that needed medication. Um, so I had a sense of guilt, um, uh, because I felt like, ah, damn it. If I would have worked on him, if I would have, you know, told him more like, Hey, why don't you try massage? Maybe he'd still be alive. So when I, um, I saw, I was sitting in the back of the, of the conference and Mr. Waslowski was giving this presentation and he was teaching everybody and everybody was hands-on and you know the person that was on my table. They had pain in their legs, uh, and when they got up, they had no pain. And I was like, Oh, I have to meet him. But every time I tried to like get to him, he would beeline, and I was like, Oh no, I gotta catch him.
1: <laughs> so, you, you chased James Waslasy through through a conference.
2: <laughs> I'm not leaving this conference until I meet him. So, uh, uh, two of his aides were super sweet, and they were the ones helping me. You know, and then during the break, they brought me up to him to meet him. And he was just so kind. Um, and then he, we were talking a little bit more and I heard about his story and he has a military um, affiliation as well with his father and his brother. And um, so he started uh, helping with Warriors in Recovery. Um, so it just became it just was such a great environment. I was like, wow, finally, people who have the same goal to help other people. And it's not a competition. It's not like, well, I'm better than you Or It was just, everybody was helpful. Right. So, um, since then, uh, my nonprofit was supposed to be, you know, here in Colorado and it, it went nationwide. Uh, and we actually, I became the massage therapist for the air force wounded warriors. And I started their massage program, uh, in kind of the same way that I did at the, in Germany was I actually walked in when they were having warrior games. I walked in went, with here and a team of 30 massage therapists. And I was like, Hey, we're here to help. And they were like, what? <laughs> so massage therapy be- became a part of their, um, their routine. And then I started their massage program and I would travel the country with them for about six years, five, six years. Um, and then I stopped traveling with them and I started, um, I had a baby. So um, after that I took a break and then I, from just from traveling, cause I was gone, like, two, three weeks out of every month. Um, So I stopped doing that. And then uh, I started working with the Marine Corps.
0: Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When some... Okay, there's a couple things that I want to ask. When someone is coming up to you and saying, I need... I hate the term work-life balance, by the way especially when you're a new fucking grad and you haven't even had a sip of coffee in the industry yet, (laughs) work-life balance. When someone talks to you because you you sound like someone that is ready to hustle when you need to hustle and that's what you do at the beginning, you eat the shit, you put in the hours, you do what you gotta do and it's gonna pay in dividends at the end. So you don't seem to me, and maybe I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, please tell me. You don't seem to me to be a person that says work-life balance is really important all the time because you went through a point of not having work-life balance for the sacrifice of being able to have a much better work-life balance down the road. So, and that's just my assumption listening to your story. What do you say to the newer folk that I'm five years in and I need to preserve myself. So I need to do this work-life balance. And, but what they mean by work-life balance is don't work a lot.
2: So here's the thing. I agree with them. And this is why. I worked myself into the ground when then I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease. Um, I was misdiagnosed with MS about five years ago. And I think there, what I learned is that you don't have to work. You have to value what you're doing um, and you have to charge accordingly because I could have worked then I could have worked smarter, not harder, but I didn't do that. I just worked hard and see, and the problem with me was, is that I didn't have a boundary I just kept going, kept going. There was I felt like it was my job to save the world, right? So while doing that, I neglected a lot. I neglected, um, I hate to say it, but my family. Um, and they were very patient with me. And they would say, hey, mom, you got to take a break, you know? And then I would take a break, but I felt guilty. So I always felt pulled, right? I always felt pulled well, like, well, but they, but they need me because I felt like my family was fine. You guys are fine. Yeah. You're cancer-free. Everybody's good. Everybody's, you know, I'm, I'm going to all of your events, but I wasn't present, you know? And now that I look back, I'm like, you know, if I would have just known my cost of doing business, if I would have just known to price myself, if I would have just known, you know, if I died, those people wouldn't care.
0: This is the second part because you're leading right into the second part then would you be the person that you are now doing what you do now the success that you have now if you didn't have those shitty moments earlier because I feel like a lot of people need to go through that crap so in other words like I'm the kind of guy that I want to know I want to figure it out I want to try to figure it out yes I understand that you can probably show me a way that worked very well for you not you but in general Mr. Man you can show me a way that worked very well for you and there's probably a formula to it that I can learn from you and I can employ that but you know what a part of me just wants to give to go the way I want to give it a go and learn the way I want to learn it. And if that means I eat shit a little bit along the way then I'm okay with that cuz me that's part of my learning process. And I almost feel and maybe I'm wrong cuz what do I know? I'm a fucking idiot with a podcast. But I almost feel those, those those people that have those big glory moments of I'm 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 at the top of my game and I'm actually a big deal in the in the pool that I'm swimming in, I feel like the eat shit moments have to happen for that person. I almost feel like you can't have those moments and you will not be that person unless you crawled out of the shit.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there I agree. I do agree that you have to put the work in. I mean, to have a diva attitude in the early stages is and at any stage, first of all, um, is a huge mistake. Um, I do believe you have to put in the work and I do believe that you have to brand yourself. And I do believe that you have to, even if it was in an, an unintentional. Um, but I do believe that you have to put in the work if you want to get to where you want to get, but you also have to know where you want to go. And Absolutely. a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I want the money. Well, if you act like an asshole and you're trying to you know, brand your business and your your marketing and your marketing. It's not branding. You're marketing, you're marketing. You're marketing. You're marketing. You're marketing. You're marketing, and you're just trying to do it for money.
1: That's that's bullshit. Like you said, that's not branding. And I think part of the reason, Jeanette, that you had the response from other seasoned professionals that you had the response that people were willing to help you, and it wasn't competition, is because you weren't full of shit. You know, like those people see that if you're the person that's just being opportunistic and going to conferences and chasing someone like James Waslowski through through a convention center or whatever it was. Just because you're like, he does something right and I want to learn how to do it, but like, he, he, (laughs) but you're doing it because you just want to, like, sort of get a quick fix. Like, people like him or other people in the industry, they see that, right? Like, they don't want to help you if they realize you're not going to be the person that is going to help other people, right? Like if you're not going to be the person that pays it forward, if you're not going to be the person that can be humble and know that like I don't know everything and I, you know, I'm sure that these people that helped you along the way could see that you were a good person, you were humble and really you just wanted to help people and improve yourself and I mean, I I like to help people like that and I think you would say the same thing. You want to help people who you feel like this is somebody that gets it right. If you're, if it's just somebody who's in it for the money, then no, you might get, uh, you might get turned down, and you might feel like, oh, everybody thinks it's competition, and you know, I don't know. I'm not making a lot of sense. How fast right now. can
0: James possibly be?
1: He's a tiny little guy. His How legs. Much- are- <laughs> How fast can he possibly? be? He's
0: a tiny guy. His legs aren't long. He ain't moving all that fast.
1: How would you? <laughs> Maybe he is really fast. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying. I'm just
1: saying. Freaking
2: ninja man. <laughs>
0: He's a tiny little. He's a tiny little man. He can't have a massive stride length. Who are we fooling here? He ain't moving all that quick.
1: Oh, you're funny. But no, I I agree with um with both of you about the whole work life balance thing. Like, I know that everybody talks about that, and it's it's great that it's a conversation these days. Like, I think these days I sound so old when I say that, but I, it's great that it's a conversation where it's not like when you know my parents um, were younger and it was like, you know, you just, you work and you kind of like hate your job and you work and you work and you work and that's just life. And then, you know, you take care of your kids and blah, blah, blah. Like there was never a conversation of like, are you taking care of yourself? Like, it's great that that exists, but I think that some people take that to the extreme as that they don't have to put in the work. And like, that is very false. You absolutely have to put in the work. You have to, I'm putting in quotes like pay your dues, because I hate when people say that, but it is true. You don't just graduate from massage school, hang a sign on your door, and suddenly you're wildly successful and you know everything. Like that's that's not a real thing. That's a fairy tale. You're still in pull-ups, man. You're still in pull-ups.
2: <laughs> I, I will say that I've had to move through a lot of obstacles. Uh, one being my gender, another being my race. Um, I've had to move through a lot, you know, and, and, you know, and it, it is a part of it's, it's who I am. Right. So learning to navigate, um, and learning to not let things bother me and learning to set, you know, man, like I told you that that guy pissed me off. So I called him for 24 hours. Like I was, I was mad, <laughs> you know, cause what about me? What about my bio? If you go to my website, what about my bio says hookah?
0: That was funny. That was funny.
2: How dare you? You know, but um, but you learn from those mistakes and you move on and you grow from it. You know, and it's not something that I would tell people to do now, but it's it's what I did. It's what worked for me. Um, but yeah, so we we I learned from these these uh from James Woslawski, and then Vivian had given me the book, and um, I started to grow my business. I hired a staff. I fired a staff. I hired another staff. Um, and then here we are years later and the pandemic hits now, prior to the pandemic in 2019, I decided I wanted to, I, I struggled because I don't want to be a business coach. Right. Um, and then I'm like, well, am I a mentor? And I'm like, well, I'm an educator. Cause I like to teach people, you know, like, Hey, this is how we do this. You know, but I was like, is there a space for what I do? Because there's so many massage therapists who fought me on it. And who were like, well, it." just the other day, I'll tell you, for example, I was in one of these massage groups and um, somebody was complaining about another massage place that opened up next to them that she has three months, a three month certificate. And she feels, she fears she's going to be lumped in with her. And my response was, why do you care? Run your business. Right. And people jumped all over that. I can't believe she said why do you care? And, and they're like going off. And I'm like, you first of all, calm down. Don't let this mouth, don't let this smile fool you. But second of all, um, I was why do you care? You cannot be lumped in with someone who has a three-month certificate if you're branding yourself.
1: Well, exactly. You can't be lumped in with anybody if you've already differentiated yourself. So if you get lumped in, then you made a mistake prior to this person coming onto your block.
2: That was my that was my point. So I went on there and I said that and I was like, listen, I was like, you have to do a SWOT analysis. And I was saying this is how you do it. This is how and somebody went on there and said that I care more about branding than I do about raising the industry. Now I had a choice. Cuss them out! Oh, they were saying. They were saying you
1: care more about branding than raising industry. Can we pause
0: for a second? I don't even know what that statement means. So I want you to tell me how you interpreted that.
2: Um, the way that I interpreted what he was trying to say was that I am more about the money than I am about the people, and about helping not only the clients but also helping the massage therapist. That's what he was saying.
0: Hmm. Can you tell me what he said again one more time? Because I because I felt something a little different than that. That's why I was really curious as to what your interpretation was. And I want to hear what yours is too,
1: Amanda.
2: Sorry, it's going to take me one second. Because I want I to want, I read this verbatim. People say
1: shit that they would never fucking say to your face. It's unreal. Well, yeah, which is funny to me. But whatever, what do I know?
0: The only reason why I ask is... I don't. I don't know what he was trying to say there. It's really hard to understand. Just the way you, the way you said it before. You
1: care more. About you care more branding about,
0: about branding than you do the moving forward. Exactly. So, what part of branding is bad for the profession? Like he thinks there's something that you're doing here that is just generally not good for the profession. Which
1: is like totally the opposite. I exactly. think that if all like of us were, if all of us were creating. Uh, brand messaging and creating expectations for our patients coming in there would never be that mismatch and then everybody could just be satisfied in getting the clientele they want there wouldn't exactly. be this crazy competition because the expectation was already fucking there and on
0: top of that there's nothing wrong with the idea of you having a certain value as a therapist and you getting paid accordingly because if you can't make money how the fuck do you keep your doors open to service anybody so money has to be part of that fucking equation so I don't even understand what that was. Okay,
2: so let me read you. He says, think of the profession as a whole. Those of us who work hard to do this, to do things well, and raise the bar to set a higher standard and a and brand ourselves, well, would have a much easier time if we didn't have so many illegitimate and ill-prepared people trying to compete and claiming to be what, what we are. If your only concern is your own business. That means you've chosen not to care about the harm that is done in the field of massage therapy and its clients by these bad actors. The fact that there are massage regulations providing some title protection, organizations supporting research and research literacy, organizations providing liability insurance, networking, and continuing education, all all of that comes from the effort of people that chose to care about massage therapy on a much broader scale. Uh, than their own business things th- these things that have support that help support your business and even the new c e event so now he's taking a shot new c e event that you were introducing this year all depend upon the effects of many other massage therapists who didn't just focus on their own businesses. A lot of massage therapists just take advantage of the result of their efforts to build their own business without giving anything back unless they can make a buck from it. I don't respect that. I invite you to think bigger than branding and consider topics like those raised by the original post because the problem is far more important than matters of commerce. The client of such ill-prepared people are sick and the damage they do will reflect on us all.
0: Why do massage people think... Why do? Can you just say what I'm yes, thinking right now? Yes, I can right say now? what you're thinking right okay. now.
1: I don't understand why people are so concerned about other people potentially, I'm putting in quotes, doing harm. One, nobody's ever died from a massage. Two, most people with half a freaking brain can tell whether they're going to somebody who is licensed and who is a professional and who has any freaking concept of anatomy versus going to someone who took a weekend course and they're just going to rub your body. Like I think that people are so concerned about this image of the profession. Well, If you yourself are professional and majority of us are running our business in such a way, we don't have to worry about people who are not even aligned with us. We don't have to worry about what they're doing. Even
0: beyond that, even beyond on that there are definitely going to be people that want to champion for the profession. That is cool. And that is something that is within you. It's part of your personality, or whatever the case is, or you so love this profession, you take that shit on.
1: We do that, yes. right?
0: We do that. But I also recognize that there's a shit ton of people, way more people that are on the opposite end that really just like this as a job. They want to go to work, do what they got to do, make some money, and live their life and like their job. We are in. In the small minority of people who actually give a shit. So the majority of people actually don't give a fuck about holding the profession to a high standard and moving forward. Even if the
1: majority of people did give a shit, are we forgetting? I mean, not we, we know. Body work is within public domain. If somebody wants to just offer massage, you know, when I go get my nails done at certain salons, while you're sitting there where your nails are drying, they give you a massage. Do I expect that this person is a licensed massage therapist and can treat anything? Or do I, am I just expecting that, oh, this is kind of like a nice relaxing thing while my nails dry? Like people need to fucking get over themselves a little bit. Sorry. That's, that's, that's
0: what I mean. The, the The comment itself is just weird from, from many, many angles to me. Like, if you are someone that champions for the profession, I like to think I'm one of those types of people that do. I'm also not holding anyone else pointing the finger to them saying, why aren't you championing for the profession? You know, that's what we should be doing. I'm like, no, I recognize I'm fully capable of recognizing people have different intent in this industry and what they want to put into it and what they want to get out of it. And I respect all of that. I don't expect everyone to think like me and operate like me and do what I try to do to uphold or lift things up in a certain way. As weird as it sounds that I feel stupid just saying it, but it's true. But I don't expect anybody else to do that. I would never get on someone for even suggesting that they don't want to be involved in something like that. That's fucking shit.
2: So I'm like, you're speaking, he's speaking at you, but he's speaking out of the side of his neck because I have been involved in stuff like that. I went to Denver and talked to the board when they were talking about continuing education for massage therapists in Colorado. I brought Mr. Waslowski out here for classes. So it's not like, I'm like, oh, I don't care about the industry. So that was just his own personal thing. So then I responded to him and I said, I disagree. I have thought about my profession as a whole and I've brought up the industry in many ways. This is not what I was speaking to. Her statement was that she was afraid of getting compared to three, a three month certificate, which was really was a three day certificate. My point is that she cannot be compared, especially if she brands herself as such and aligns herself with class positioning. Business is business. If you're going to be a business owner, you have to understand that these are the types of things that you're going to have to deal with. And, and more, especially as a minority in the industry. My suggestion to her and anyone who is scared of being lumped in with people who are not aligned who are not in alignment is to do a SWOT analysis of your business and market yourself accordingly. And let me be very clear, by marketing yourself appropriately and positioning yourself that does not mean you don't care about the industry. It actually means that you do. Nurturing your business through service, value and education will show that you care and value that and the value that they're going to get by working with you. So in fact, showing them professionalism, knowledge, care and compassion it's education. Do not get business confused with not caring. If you care for your client, you care for your business. So many people get their license and jump into the business without understanding what branding is. Marketing and and strategies then get lost in the shuffle of all the craziness around them. So I'm saying exactly what you two are saying, right?
1: I was just going to say, boom, exactly. I've had this conversation with other therapists before where, you know, I understand people who can sort of like, maybe get sidetracked or get lost in this whole idea of like, you know, you know, the people who get like, really uppity and really upset if somebody mistakenly calls them a masseuse, or if you know, if people don't understand what a massage therapist is, or if you know, like, when people don't get it. But I always say to them, if you are branding yourself. And if you are letting people know what to expect and what kind of therapist you are, and you are showcasing that, then the people who need to know what you do, they know. And those are the people that matter. And that is, as you said, Jeanette, that is helping to move the profession forward because you are, again, creating this expectation that there are licensed professionals who really fucking care and who know what they're doing and can help you with A, B and C. And then there's Sarah down the block with a three day certificate who you might want to go see if you're low on cash and you just want a, a relaxation treatment. Like it's not the same.
2: Right. It's not the same. So, but by reading this, so I, at first I was getting, I was going to get mad. And then I was like, cause he knows of me, but he doesn't know me. He doesn't know all of the stuff that I've gone through to get to where I'm at now. And, you know, back in, I believe it was 2019, 2018, I was inducted into the world massage hall of fame. I wasn't expecting that. I didn't go for that. Like, Oh, that's what I'm going to do. They saw what I was doing and I was nominated and I got it. Right. But I was like, you know what? This is not me. This is his block. This is his block of, of thinking that biz, if you are, if you are self-employed, this is your job. Your job is to educate people. So that's what branding is, is to educate people on what you do. Who, what problem do you solve? Right. Do you solve problems of people who are in pain? Are you dealing with people who, you know, have with disabilities? Are you working with sports? Like what is, what problem do you solve? So this is a part of that. And I think that, that, A lot of massage therapists feel like, well, if I do that, that I'm not giving, you know, attention to my massage career, you know, my, my techniques. And it's like, you, you have to do both. And it comes easy. If you, if you love massage and you love what you're doing and you're like, you're, you want to educate people about it. I'm a nerd. I am a total nerd when it comes to massage, right? So if you want to educate people about it, you find a way to do that. Right. So, you know, but I left it alone and I don't make it a habit of arguing with people on Facebook. Um, But uh, again, I I feel like sometimes in business and I feel like sometimes a lot of massage therapists, they have that block. You know, it's like I want to make money, more money, but I don't want to seem like I'm trying to make more money. Because it's not about the money. Well, if it's not about the money, go volunteer.
0: So what is the shame in saying it's about the money?
2: There is no shame in saying it's about the money.
1: Well, there
0: has to be shame in it because people are doing it. So why are are they... What's the shame in that?
1: We already know this. We talk about this with every... I don't get it. Every business person we have on... I don't get it. ...that they have to shake this out of people is that because naturally most most massage therapists, I won't say all because we know many that are not, but naturally most massage therapists like Jeanette got into this because... They want to help people. I get they it. have this healing nature about I them. I get it, and so there is sort of a. A feeling of, oh, if I'm helping people, I I shouldn't be taking so much money. Trust me,
0: I get it. But I also know a dude, and he's a cardiologist, and he actually saves people. Like we massage people, he saves people. And he has (laughs) no fucking problem. We're Canadian,
1: so we don't have to pay him. (laughs) And he
0: has no fucking problem. He has no fucking problem making as much fucking money he makes every fucking year. So come on. And he saves people. We're we're thinking, oh, We'll, we're, you know, we're important. We we help people heal. That motherfucker's saving lives, and he doesn't. F- and he doesn't feel this fucking healing martyr. Bullshit. I know.
1: I don't know where this comes from in our industry, to be honest with you. But because, saving lives. Because, He's saving lives. Because it is getting late, and I'm sure Jeanette has a life. She has four children. I want to know He's because lives. we've talked so much about branding, and at the beginning, I, you know, I mentioned that aside from being a therapist, this is what you do. Branding is what you do. We actually never really discussed how did how did you become this person like you sort of started to say that you know somewhere I think you were somewhere around 2019 how did you become this this branding genius this mastermind
2: so in 2019 I started um I've, I've been mentoring massage therapists and helping them and I in 2019 I decided I wanted to do something virtually um, to where I could help more massage therapists who were looking for uh, ways to grow their business, ways to make a profit, how to break through their confidence, how to break through their value. So I started a, a business called Massage Business Education and Branding. It's now Massage Biz Pro. Um, and I started I started pre-recording classes there. So all of those areas that helped me, accountants, attorneys, all of these different areas, I did interviews with them and I recorded them and I put them onto the website. So um, it's a paid membership that can go on, they can watch the classes. And then we did like a once a week, um Zoom room where we would do classes. You know, this week we're going to talk about finance. Next week we're talking about insurance billing. And I taught them how to do it. So it's not like, oh, well, you should do that. This is how you do it. This is a shortcut. This is how you do it. Go get your code from here. This is how you find out how much it costs in your area. This is how you do it. Um, But then in 2020, at the start of this uh, pandemic, um, I was actually in California with the Marine Corps. And I kept seeing people post on Facebook and selling toilet paper for $50. And I was like, what the hell? I thought it was a joke. And then I realized, Oh, this is for real. Um, so we got back and then we had to test for COVID and the whole whole thing happened. So I closed my business in February. Now I closed, I have a staff and I closed the business and I told them we're going to wait and kind of see what's going on with this pandemic. We didn't open again until July. Well, because as I told you guys, I have Hashimoto's disease and I also have some you know, health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm not coming back to massage right now. If you guys want to come back, I'll open it. If you don't want to come back, we'll go ahead and close it. They wanted to come back. So I had a single father and I had another uh, massage therapist and then I had my office manager. Um we were, my staff was exposed to COVID twice because people just wanted to come in and get a massage. They didn't care. I had one lady come in and she knew she was waiting for results for COVID. Um, her boyfriend had had COVID. She came and got a massage, lied on her. We were doing temperature checks. We were doing the sniff tests. We were doing like everything that you could think of. Right. Um, and then she came in on a Tuesday and she didn't call us till the following Wednesday. To let us know that she tested positive for COVID on Wednesday, the Stop. day after. Her
1: Why didn't she tell you sooner?
2: Exactly. <sighs> so I called her and I was like, "Oh, when did she test?" Because I was like, "If you just came in on Tuesday, when did you test for COVID?" Oh, yeah, I had tested on Monday. I was waiting oh, for my result. Come on. And I was like, "Why the? F- would you?" I was like, "Do you know what you've done?"
1: Please tell me like, that oh, your no, mouth went off on this one because just don't lie. Just don't fucking lie.
2: Yeah. I was like, he's a single. I said, if he dies, if he dies because he came in to work on you, because you're, you thought that you, because you just needed a massage, you needed to relax. You weren't even in pain. You needed a massage. I was like, you put him at, that's thing I have to explain to his kids that I didn't even come in for massage, but he came in to work on you and now he's dead because of you. And she was like, well, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. So her mindset was COVID's not real. It's just like the flu. So, you know, I, I was like, so we had to call, he was in a session with a client and my office manager was the one who called me and said, Jeanette, this is what's going on. So I called her and I was like, we got to stop the massage. You have to now tell him and the client that we have to close We have to, you know, he has to get tested for COVID and we can't open back until, but now the client may have been exposed.
1: You know how embarrassing that is? And how many clients before that? Because it was a week later. You brought up something really,
0: is it embarrassing? Like, I want to know, I want to know what people think generally of people that end up testing positive for COVID. Because for whatever reason, I feel like people look at it like it, you're fucking, you're diseased. Stay the fuck away think, from I me. I think
1: back when Jeanette, when Jeanette's talking about, I think initially, like us owning Con Ed, yes. we, I was terrified. I was terrified to ever have COVID traced back to us. So like the precautions I took were like through the roof, of course, because I wanted to make sure that It could never be, like, we didn't want the stigma, right? And so I can understand as a clinic owner, you don't want the stigma of like, I got COVID because I went to this business. Now I'm at the point where it's like, you know, we're doing everything we can. If I have to, if I had to call clients and say, listen, this is like, thankfully, I I mean, I, I should knock on wood, but thankfully, Only once have I had to, like, cancel clients and shut things down because I had a client who tested positive four days after she saw me. So, you know, just to be very, very cautious, you know, like, I shut everything down, blah, 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 whatever. But otherwise, we've been fairly lucky. But in that moment where I had to contact clients because it was sort of later than that initial phase where, like, I think people were really, really scared of the stigma, I... You know, I was just very open and honest with people so, like, listen, this is what happened. You know, if you've been to my clinic from this day to this day, this, you know, like I. Would, so you
0: don't think that stigma still exists?
1: I, it might, but I am, me as a, as a business owner, I'm not embarrassed because I know I'm doing everything I possibly can to not have that problem happen. And if it does happen, it's not on me. I'm doing everything I have to do. But do you still think
0: that stigma is out there though? Probably. As strong as it was?
2: I think the stigma is out there. I I don't feel like for me, it wasn't so much embarrassed because I don't want people that were dirty or anything. That's not what it was. It was like, if somebody in your family dies, it's because of my clinic.
1: So it was, it was guilt.
2: It was personal. Yeah. It was like, I'm doing everything, even not being there and having my staff, I'm still doing training. I I have the little lights that, you know, the ultra lights. I have the, Temperature check. So we were doing everything, but I'm one of those people. If I make a mistake, I'm gonna have, I i have to show my face and say I made a mistake. In this
0: scenario, you In this didn't, scenario, make, a you didn't like, make a mistake, someone, someone lied to was you just a fucking liar. Is yeah.
2: that what it is? Right. But still, it's still it's still personal. Because yeah. if somebody does, it's it's a liability, you know. So so anyway, so we got through that and then I finally decided I was like, you know what, it happened twice. And I was like, you know what? Done. Done. Because I don't want someone else, to be, like you said in the beginning, I have a, a little bit of a control issue, right? I was <laughs> like, I felt so out of control. I felt like I don't want people dictating how I run my business. And whether that's me, you know, wearing masks, whatever that situation is, I don't want people dictating how I run my business. I'm the one who gives a service. They don't give a service. Mm-hmm. I give a service, mm-hmm. right? So um, I decided to close my business. And then I, one of my one of my therapists was interested in buying it. So I sold it to her. Um, and she's doing very, very well. Um, I still have a few clients that I work on personally. Um, we we were doing, during the pandemic, we were doing, the first part, we were doing virtual sessions. So we had to learn to pivot, pivot and pivot quick, yeah. right? Because people still needed the help. So we did virtual sessions. We did, um, you know, in the clinic with them. And um, so I sold the clinic, uh, but I kept the office. Now, that was an interesting thing for me because I'm like, OK, I have this office, um, one of the police officers. So I have a client who is a, um, a police officer and he actually um, was a recipient for Warriors and Recovery because he was actually shot in the line of duty. One officer passed away and he was severely injured. So my mom um, is one. She's old school Boricua, like and she will call the police on everybody. She doesn't care. <laughs> she's just that old lady. Right. Um, and one day she was outside mowing her lawn, and a police car drove by, and they saw her mowing her lawn, and they pulled over, and they got out, and they started helping her mow her lawn. And at the end of it, she said, "Why didn't you stop here two hours earlier?" Because she's a workhorse too, right? <laughs> so they just laughed and, you know, helped her finish with her yard. And then she called me, and she goes, "Jeanette, she goes, these cops came by and they helped me mow the lawn." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's really cool, you know." Um, several months later, there was a shooting. And um, somebody had stolen a car, and then when they went to stop him, the guy went to go shoot and he shot a civilian, paralyzed him, shot a cop, killed him, and shot this other officer and another two other officers. Um, But one was critically injured. Um, We were on our way because with Warriors in Recovery, we help mind, body, spirit. We help our warriors regain purpose. So we were sending warriors to West Africa, Liberia. And a part of that was not only did they have to raise, because we don't have grants, like this is all ground up. So um, we raised the money for them to go. They went to Liberia and they drilled three water wells for villages in need. Well, we had some money left over and we were still doing a fundraiser um, for them to be able to go. And this happened, this cop, and I called my friend who worked dispatch and I was like, hey, I want to meet this cop. And she was like, "Well, let's see what we can do." So we we had our little pancake fundraiser where we served the breakfast and raised this money. Uh, and the next day, uh, she said, "Hey, Jeanette, uh, the police the 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 police chief said that you can come." So I get into the elevator and I get onto this floor, and there is nothing but cops, nothing but cops in the hallway. Like it's packed in the hallways everywhere. So I'm like being navigated through all of these people. And they're looking at me like, who is this chick? <laughs> like, what is what is this woman Why doing here? Why is she here? Yeah. Right. So knock on the door and they open the door. And I don't, I want to start crying, but we knock on the door and they open the door. And there's this young, for me, was a kid on this hospital bed. And he had his two little kids with him. His wife was there and his mom and dad were there. And instantly I had such a compassion for him. And I said to him, I said, Hey, I said, my name is Jeanette. I'm here with lawyers in recovery. And, um, I want to be able to help you. I said, um, here is, we raised some money. This is for you guys. If you guys need food, whatever it is that you need. I said, but on top of that, I want to be responsible for your recovery care. So when you get released from your doctor, um, and you're in physical therapy and they release you to get massage, I want to be your massage therapist. I specialize in injury recovery and I want to be your therapist. I want you to know that we love you. I was like, I know what's going on in the world, but we love you. And he just kind of looked at me and his eyes filled up with tears. And uh, his mom just kind of, they just looked kind of confused. Like, what? What is happening? Right. Um, so we sat there and we talked. He's like, have a seat. So we sit down, we start talking. And I was like, so where, where do you normally work? And he was like, oh yeah, I, I normally work down in Whitefield. And I was like, Whitefield. I was like, oh, you probably know my mom. She calls the police all the time. He said said, she does. He was like, "What's her name?" And I said her name, and he gave me her address.
1: Stop. He
2: goes, "Yeah." He was like a couple months ago. She was uh, mowing her lawn, and we pulled over to help her. And I just started crying. This, this was the guy. This was the guy I was meant to help. This was the. This was crazy. His name is Scott
1: Stone. See, that is that is not coincidence. Although your mom calls the cops a lot. That was not a coincidence.
2: (laughs) No, but the fact that he was the one who pulled, he didn't have to pull over and help her mow her lawn while he was working. He didn't have to do that. You know, he just was driving by and saw her and was like, hey, let's go help her. You know, so... Him and I became really good friends. He calls me dude." he's like, "Dude, his wife dude." <laughs> he was told that he would never walk like he normally did and we I actually have a YouTube testimonial of him talking about how his physical therapist was like, "I can't believe that massage has has gotten you here." um so he would receive massage. he's recovered he um now works homicide he's um but anyways, he ended up starting his own business. so when he was starting his own business and I was getting ready to close mine. I told him, well, why don't you just use my office? So now he's using my office. Um, now his office where he does polygraph tests. Um, and I help him with branding. I'm like, like, this is how you do it. And, you know, it, this is just fun, you know, but um, I don't even know why I told you the story, but other than, other than sometimes you're right where you need to be,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, sometimes you're right where you where you need to be. So um, I I feel like what I'm doing now, so, During the pandemic, all of this happened. And then I decided, you know what? All these massage therapists losing their businesses, you know, and struggling. And people don't care. You know, some people go, oh, I'm sorry it happened. And other people are like, well, good. You know, so this is your baby, you know. So what I did was I reached out to uh, several friends and people that I know and that I respect. And I was like, hey, I'm doing this conference. This is my first one. Um, I'd love for you to teach something. I was like, I don't want you to get on here and talk about, it. I don't, I don't, don't talk about it, be about it. Right. Don't tell me this is what I should do. Show me how to freaking do it. This is what I, I need to know how to do it right, right now. How are you going to save your business? You obviously know you need to save your business, right? How do you do that? So I got all of these people. I have uh, James Waslowski who's talking about, um, getting over obstacles. So he's not teaching an orthopedic massage class. He's actually talking about how to move through, um, obstacles and he has an incredible story um being hit from a drunk driver uh while he was riding his bike uh having cancer like he's he's gone through a lot and being a male in the industry right yeah so we have him we have uh, I actually have Cardi B's publicist um and she he's going to teach his name is Barry Florence, and he's going to teach a class on branding like how do you who better than somebody who does that right yeah. um so, we have a bookkeeper. She's going to talk about, she's going to teach you how to set up your books. Um, so, you're not waiting till the last minute like I did and when you get audited. Um, she's, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, we have attorneys. So, we have one attorney who is going to talk about how to prepare for a deposition, how to charge for a deposition, how to speak at a deposition. Um, because if you're, whether you believe it or not, in the United States, if you are working on a client, they might or might not tell you that they were in a car accident and two years down the line, you're going to get subpoenaed. We want to see those medical records. And you're like, what, what, you know what I'm saying? So, and sometimes you might have to go to court. And when you go to court, what do you say? So we're t- teaching you how to do that. And that's a part because I was a paralegal prior to being a massage therapist. So I love that side of, you know, uh, helping people prepare. But Jeremy Lowe is one of the top attorneys here in Colorado, and he's teaching you how to do that. And we have a business attorney who's going to talk to you about um, setting up your business formation and what, what the actual benefit is of each formation. Um, And we have Vivian Mahoney, the woman who gifted me my very first uh, insurance book. She's actually going to be teaching a class and we have so many other incredible Gail Wood. We have Laura Allen. um, We, uh, all of these people. I was
1: gonna say some familiar names. That's yeah, this is so I think I think what we should do now, Jeanette, um, before we wrap up for the evening, for sure, I think we need because I'm sure there's people listening who are like, I need to talk to this woman. I need to talk to her now. Can we give out contact information for you Um, how people can, you know, sign up for you know these events that you're doing how people maybe can get in touch with you if they want to work with you if they want to mentor with you or you know people who just want to i don't know say hi follow you on your socials
2: so i have a facebook group the facebook group is uh slash groups massagebizpro so b i z pro um, and then they can reach me there uh, and there i give business tips um, we do daily. There's always something that they can learn. Um, and it's an exclusive group there. It's free. Uh, then also, so the massage conference live is October 12th through the 15th. Now all four of these days, it is packed with education. Uh, but the cool thing about it is that all of the classes will be archived and they can watch it lifetime. Perfect. But in the evening of those four days, the presenters for those days are going to be in live zoom rooms so they can ask them questions. So, uh, and then we have a DJ, you know, how can you not have a DJ for my event? (laughs) (laughs) We have a DJ on the second day to kind of get you through it. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of information um, because I want this industry to grow. I want massage therapists who love this work to succeed. Um, So yeah, so they can connect with me through uh, my Facebook group. I also have a clubhouse at Massage Biz Pro. I also have a TikTok, Massage Biz Pro. I also have an Instagram, Massage Biz Pro.
1: <laughs> Noticing a theme. I don't understand TikTok or clubhouse. I'm old. I'm learning, but awesome. I love this. And... Jeanette, honestly, I feel like we could have probably broken this up and had like four different episodes with you talking about different aspects of things you've been through, things you've done. You have a million and one interesting stories. I love this because I didn't expect half of what you told us tonight. I appreciate how open and honest you were and how, um, how personal you got with things. And, uh, yeah I mean we could have done like four episodes with you talking about different things, and i'm I'm excited to see where you go next because you do seem like a person that's constantly pivoting and coming up with new things, and I don't see your career slowing down anytime soon, to be honest with
0: you and one hundred percent you can outrun James that's one hundred percent just saying
1: amazing is there that CEO? James just you hear that James?
2: <laughs> I'll be at the uh, Canadian Massage Conference. Well, I'll be speaking at the Canadian Massage Conference and the World Massage Festival. So I hope to see you guys hopefully in person one day. that would be nice.
1: I know. I know. Unfortunately, no in person now, but I know. <laughs> one day. Right on.
0: This has been fun. Thanks for hanging out.
2: Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me. This was cool.
0: You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. purse.